WABC New York and 1071 WLIR Hampton Bays. It's the 77 WABC News Hour. Talking the news with Noah Layden. All the news you need to know with Joe Nolan, Traffic, Justin Ellick, Sports. And now, talking the news with Noah on 77 WABC. Yes, that's me. Five o'clock. Good morning. It is Thursday, January 18th. Your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center. Clouds today a little warmer, thankfully. It's going to be at high 34. And then tonight and Overnight, the clouds hang around. We could see some snow showers, low 29. And then Friday, this new snowstorm moves in. Snow showers will start probably in the city around 7 o'clock or so. It'll be on and off throughout the day. We could get 1 to 3 inches here in the city. The high on Friday, 33. If you are just walking out the door with us right now, 19 and partly cloudy in Orangeburg up in Rockland County. 21 partly cloudy in Deal down in New Jersey. And it is 21 and clear outside our Midtown studios right now. This was the most upsetting story yesterday. And boy, these things happen way too often. And I don't remember this happening when I was a kid. Maybe I just wasn't paying attention. That's possible. But what is with these murder-suicides? It seems like I get these stories all too often. It is 99.9% of the time, it is a husband killing his wife and then killing his young kids. And you say to yourself, how how could you do that? I mean, how could you kill anybody? But how could you kill your young kids? It makes no sense. And it's so bizarre. And it happened again. This time, Union, New Jersey, murder-suicide. Four people, including two children, found dead by the Union County Sheriff's officers who had come to this home on Lincrest Terrace yesterday for an unrelated matter. They got no answer at the door. It wasn't even called a wellness check. We're not exactly clear what they were there for, but they then uh, pushed their way into the house. Maybe they suspected something, and that's when they found these four bodies. Well, neighbors uh, say they didn't really know this family, which, by the way, is no longer unusual in America. A lot of times people don't know their neighbors, but here was one of them. Usually hearing about it on the news, but you never expect that it would be two houses next to you. Um, we are still shocked. We have no idea. We had no idea what happened on the morning when we saw all the all the cars are coming. Yes. So there are reports this morning that this family was facing eviction. The medical examiner's office arriving quickly at the scene, along with the Union County Prosecutor's Office, which is leading the investigation. But uh, I guess. The means of how all this took place is the only thing we don't know for sure, but we do know, unfortunately, all these people are dead. We live on a pretty quiet block, so we don't really see them that often. We didn't really know anything until today, so father and mother, I didn't even know there was two children there, honestly. Yeah, so a neighbor says this family uh, pretty much kept to themselves, but again, I will point out, I don't even know who my next-door neighbors are, which is kind of sad. On one side, I do. But the other side, I've, I've seen them, and I smile at them and wave at them, but I've never had a conversation with them, so I might have the same response. Uh, it is icy again this morning. Uh, we are getting reports from people who say that there are some streets that just still haven't been plowed. Really icy conditions, a lot of black ice on, on and off ramps. Be careful. Take your time. Be safe. Uh, in certain locations, it's bad. Now, this is not the main streets. These are just side streets for the most part. Of course, the cold air from yesterday, the melting snow, that all playing into this. It's a little rough out there. Just take your time. Uh, you got salt on the windshield and the cool it's frozen it looks like over uh to be honest i hate this weather yeah i was feeling that way yesterday as well uh so who's responsible for clearing the icy sidewalks across the city 
I was navigating some of them yesterday. You know, you go for blocks on end, and it's beautiful. It's clear. It's cement. It's dry. And then you hit a block where it's just all ice, and you try to figure out how to navigate that. I'm trying to find areas where I don't see any ice, especially with the stroller, because I almost slipped earlier. <laughs> yeah, there's lots of people falling everywhere. The Department of Sanitation uh, has this rule that within about 12 hours of a snowstorm, you have to clear your sidewalk or they can come in and fine you. The rules are simple. Property owners have to clear a path that's at least four feet wide so that people can safely pass. Well, lots of owners as of this morning haven't done that yet. And there's just these icy sidewalks anywhere. So the head of the sanitation uh, department, the sanitation commissioner, Jessica Tish, sending out crews yesterday to clear some of these well-traveled sidewalks so people don't kill themselves trying to get across the street or down a sidewalk. Right now, some sidewalks in the city feel pretty treacherous. The Department of Sanitation does have crews out today trying to help out and hit sidewalks that are particularly troubling. Those property owners will also get a fine. Uh, But there is no way for us, given the number of people we have, to do that at real scale. Yeah, you just have to be responsible and clear the sidewalk. It's not so difficult. Uh, Curtis Lewa was uh, checking out last night this cold weather and how the homeless are handling this down in the subways. Of course, he's upset like a lot of New Yorkers are who say these migrants who have come in since uh, over the last year have been given homes and warm places to live, but the homeless have not. So he was down at 51st Street on the subway platform last night, and he sent me this video. Wretched cold upstairs. And our homeless, American homeless, including veterans, most of them African-Americans, are seeking to be safe and warm in the subways. Meantime, the city is more interested in the migrants' welfare, putting them up in hotels, not our own homeless. And there is a group, BRC, Bowery Residence Committee, who makes millions of dollars to send people in who get paid to bring the homeless people out and help them. I don't see them anywhere. Why aren't we helping our own homeless, Eric Adams, our own emotionally disturbed who are living in the suburbs? Shame on you. Shame on you. We do kind of forget about them until it does turn really, really cold. And when I saw some of those people wrapped up, you think, how do they get through the night? Uh, But Curtis down there last night checking out that homeless population at 51st Street. Uh, While we're uh, talking about the cold weather, that may have something to do with the fact that New Jersey Transit has had a really rough start to the new year. I mean, tons of delays, a series of issues this month. It's either some electrical problems or flooding, but it's always late, late, always. It was like running a little behind, but everything was good. And it does seem to be a New Jersey transit problem. Once in a while you hear about it, Metro North and LIRR. But every day there's some form of delay, it seems, on New Jersey transit. Uh, yesterday, most lines were subject to delays due to an Amtrak switch issue in Secaucus. Then uh, you'll remember last week all lines were down for some sort of communication issue. And you can imagine riders who pay big bucks to commute into the city every day say, hey, what the heck is going on? They run pretty late and the bus is never on time. WABC News Time. 510 Daniel Penny in a courtroom yesterday. It appears the man facing charges in that deadly chokehold on the subway may need the nearly $3 million raised in an online defense fund. Westchester County health officials warning residents after a fox that bit two people. Okay, well, clearly that's not the story, but we'll get to that in a moment. There have been fireworks in D.C. in a federal hearing over border and illegal immigration. Democrats 
on the House Oversight Committee claiming that Republicans are looking for a boogeyman. These so-called Trump border policies have nothing to do with keeping people safe. This is about arresting immigrants and blaming someone for our problems. That's Congressman Greg Kuzar, who's uh, from Texas. He argued for immigration reform instead. Republicans repeatedly called the current surge of illegal immigration a crisis. They released a report outlining the frustrations of Border Patrol agents, many whom feel they've been abandoned by the White House. December's numbers of arrests at the border set new records. All the while, the collateral damage is kids being separated from their moms, people in cages, which we can't deny. Immigrants are less likely to commit crime, more likely to start small businesses, help us economically. The food and the parties are much better with us here. And we were getting word yesterday of these uh, top congressional leaders meeting at the White House in a meeting that most both sides actually said went okay. President Biden invited House and Senate leaders to a meeting as the Senate works to reach a bipartisan immigration deal that will unlock more funding for Ukraine. Before the meeting, Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer and Minority Leader Mitch McConnell told reporters they expect a deal to come together soon. McConnell says he expects the chamber could vote on the immigration package next week. I'm Mark Mayfield. While we're in D.C., Senate Democrats hosting a briefing on the state of abortion rights in the U.S. They were joined by Dr. Austin Denard, who is an OBGYN in Texas. We no longer have the basic human rights for freedom and self-determination that my mother and her generation relied on for nearly 50 years. Lawmakers suggesting that the vast majority of Americans support the right to an abortion, and it should be women making decisions about their pregnancy, not politicians or judges. Monday, the anniversary, by the the way of Roe v. Wade. The state of Texas should not be making these decisions for me or for anyone else. I have felt so marginalized and silenced by these laws, and that is why I am here to speak out. 512, the United States now designating the Houthis as a specially designated global terror group in response to those continued attacks in the Red Sea. These attacks are a clear example of terrorism, violation of international law, a major threat to innocent lives and to global commerce. National Security Council spokesman John Kirby at the White House yesterday doing this briefing on the Houthis that they should be held accountable for the attacks. He noted that the U.S. acknowledges there are millions of Yemenis who are struggling and in need of food, water, or medicine. He says that sanctions will allow aid organizations still to deliver some of these supplies. More than 15 million people are still in desperate need of food, water, medicine. And we are taking a range of steps to ensure that these sanctions preserve the ability of aid organizations to be able to deliver. If the Houthis cease the attacks, we can certainly reconsider this designation. If they don't, we will not hesitate to take further actions to protect our people and the free flow of international commerce. President Biden uh, announced earlier in the day that if the attacks continue, the U.S. will take further action. Let's move over a little further to the Middle East. The Israel-Hamas war raging on in the Gaza Strip. Correspondent Raf Sanchez says medicine is set to be delivered to Israeli hostages in exchange for additional humanitarian aid for Palestinians. This deal was brokered by Qatar, the medicine bought by France, delivered to Egypt. The deal, the first breakthrough since the truce collapsed earlier in the war. Unclear what the final mile is going to be in terms of actually getting this medicine to the hostages themselves. It may be that that ends up being in the hands of the Red Cross. And what is maybe most fascinating about the fact that this aid is being delivered to the hostages is that the Israelis believe many of these hostages 
are still alive. Of course, here we are, about 103 days in. Uh, more from uh, Raf Sanchez. Israel intensifying strikes in the southern city of Han Yunus. That's despite the defense minister saying Israel scaling back its overall offensive in Gaza. All right, in a moment, we're going to hear from some of the hostage families who were in New York yesterday pressing the U.N. to help get their loved ones out of Gaza. But before we do that, let's head over to the 77 WABC Sports Desk 515. Here's um, Justin Ellis. Yes, Justin Ellis. Yeah. yeah, that's my name. You got it right. Uh, happy Friday Eve. Good morning, Justin Ellis. Happy Friday Eve to you as well. Noam Aladen. Start here on the hardwood at the Garden last night. Drew Ace Randall scored 31 points. Jalen Brunson added 30 in his return. From a two-game absence, and the Knicks beat the Houston Rockets 109-94. to Brunson missed two games because of a bruised left calf, and Randall struggled without his point guard in a loss to Orlando on Monday, shooting 5 for 18 for 15 points. But the offense was flowing nicely again in the second half last night when the Knicks pulled away after leading by two at halftime. OG Ananobi had 15 points for the Knicks, who with the victory reached the halfway point of their schedule at 24-17 and overall. They'll be right back after tonight to try and keep it rolling against the visiting Washington Wizards. That tip-off is scheduled for 7.30 p.m. Out in Portland, the Nets ended up on the losing side of the spectrum, falling to the Trailblazers 105-103 to after Anfernee Simons had a winning floater with under a half a second left on the clock. And Kyle Bridges scored 21 for the Nets, but had to leave the game for a time in the second half after a collision. Uh, Spencer Dinwiddie added 19 points for Brooklyn, which lost its fourth straight. Bridges, who was averaging 21.4 uh, points and 5.4 rebounds per game, returned in the fourth quarter, much to the relief of Nets fans. He is the NBA's active leader in uh, consecutive games played with 432. He's not missed a game in his first five seasons. Now to ice hockey at the Rock last night. The Devils fell just short against the visiting Montreal Canadiens. Final score there, 3-2. After coming back from a two-goal deficit in the third, New Jersey let Montreal get the last lap when uh, Cole Caulfield found the back of the net with four and a half minutes left in regulation. Luke Hughes and Alexander Holt scored power play goals for the Devs in the opening two minutes of the third to tie it, and tender Nico Dawes stopped 22 shots in his third consecutive start. The Devils are 9-10-2 at home and 13-7-1 away from the Prudential Center. That is not the formula they're looking for if they want to get back to the playoffs. Tonight, the Rangers return to action in Las Vegas, getting set to visit the Golden Knights for a 10 p.m. Puck drop. Back to the NBA very quickly here. Very sad news to report out of Golden State that Warriors assistant coach Dejan Milojevic, a mentor to two-time NBA MVP Nikola Jokic, and a former star in the uh, in his native of Serbia, died Wednesday in Utah, in Utah after suffering a heart attack. The team announced Milojevic, uh, part of the staff that helped the Warriors win the 2022 NBA championship. He was 46. Oh, God. Yeah. Died in Salt Lake City, where he was hospitalized Tuesday night after a medical emergency during a private team dinner. The Warriors had been scheduled to play the Jazz on Wednesday night, a game that the NBA has postponed. So, yeah, very tragic. 46 years old, a young guy, and uh, clearly on his way up uh, the coaching rankings there uh, in the NBA. So, very sad story out of uh, Golden State, and our condolences are with the uh, war- the whole Warriors team and the Milojevic family. I really hope I'm saying that uh that name right now. I think you are. Yeah, I hope so. Anyway, that's sports, and I'm Justin Ellick on uh, 77 WABC. WABC News Time 520. The hostage families, those with loved ones being held by Hamas in Gaza, number them in New York, some of them in Washington yesterday, trying to push anybody they can to help get their loved ones out of Gaza. Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer hosting some of these families. Don't give up hope. There are always new initiatives as there are right now. 
and we are making slow, 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 but important progress. Not that that progress can't come fast enough. Roughly 130 people still being held hostage by Hamas, including several Americans. So we are going to do everything we can. We are going to do everything we can because our hearts are broken, and we must, we must bring them home. Senator... Kister, uh, Kirsten Gillibrand says the families have spent every moment since October 7th trying to get those loved ones out. They have spent every living day and moment since October 7th fighting to get their loved ones home. This nightmare must end now. The thought is many of these hostages being held in those underground tunnels now thought to be 350 miles of underground tunnels, which is amazing. Uh, John Poland, father of the hostage Hirsch Goldberg, Poland, says every minute that goes by is unfortunately a minute closer to death for his son. Every minute that goes by. Oh, I think he just said that. But um, the one... sister of Romy Gonin describes how her sister's at the hands of these terrorists. Romy, our private sunshine, the heart of our family, the one who connects us all together, is at the hands of merciless terrorists. Yeah, so uh, as we told you earlier in the program, uh, there is aid, some sort of medical aid that's being given to some of these hostages, which suggests that Israel thinks most of them are still alive and return to aid to the Palestinians that taking place over the last 24 hours. Over to France, more than 8 million people watching French President Emmanuel Macron give a rare news conference. In Paris, Ross Collins says Macron set out new policies ranging from introducing school uniforms to a plan to counter the rise of the far right. Macron said parental leave will be revamped and there are plans to try to regulate children's screen time. He announced more missiles and bombs for Ukraine, warning that Moscow's aggression was the most significant risk to the global order. The president said a new program of red tape busting reforms will be introduced and he called the far right opposition national rally, who are leading the polls ahead of the EU elections, the party of easy anger. Ross Cullen, Paris. China's population actually fell in 2023 for the second year in a row. In Hong Kong, Andrew Woods says it's down by 2 million. The shrinking population is putting pressure on China's economy. Fewer births mean the burden on younger people economically to support an aging population is becoming heavier. Nevertheless, China's economy did actually grow by 5.2% last year to beat the government's target of 5%. But that was disappointing, as 2023 was supposed to be the year that China's economy roared back to life after the end of pandemic restrictions. Andrew Wood, Hong Kong. 523, let's bring it back home to New York. Former President Trump says he's the one who should be seeing a payday from the E. Jean Carroll defamation lawsuit. And I frankly am the one that suffered damages. I should be given money, given damages. Trump making the remark outside a courtroom yesterday. Judge overseeing Carroll's defamation trial against Trump in Manhattan threatened to toss Trump out after Carroll's lawyers complained that the former president was making comments the jury could hear. Those comments included witch hunt and con job in response. Judge Lewis Kaplan said if Trump kept making the comments like that, he'd throw him out of the courtroom. And that's a nasty man. He's a nasty judge. He's a Trump-hating guy. The trial involves public comments that Trump made about Carroll when he was president. And while last year, a jury found Trump liable for sexually abusing and defaming Carroll, and she was awarded $5 million in damages. Meanwhile, uh, Trump still out on the campaign trail amid all these trials. Uh, he was up in New Hampshire and New York yesterday. Senator Ted Cruz endorsing his one-time rival, Trump. The people have spoken. It's time to move onward to victory in November.
The Texas Republican beat Trump when the pair faced off in Iowa back in 2016. Since then, their relationship has been, well, kind of rocky. At one point, Trump suggested that Cruz's father helped the man who murdered President Kennedy. He also insulted Cruz's wife, sharing a photo of her on social media. Since then, no, the two have supported each other as they campaign. At this point, I, I believe this race is over. I am proud to endorse Donald Trump for president of the United States. I look forward to supporting him enthusiastically. And a main judge now deferring a decision on whether or not former President Trump should be allowed on that state's ballot. Last month, Maine's Secretary of State disqualified Trump under the 14th Amendment. The ruling issued by Maine Superior Court Justice Michaela Murphy said a decision should be on hold until the U.S. Supreme Court rules on a similar case from Colorado. The high court will hear arguments in the Colorado case on February 8th. Maine is set to hold its Republican presidential primary March 5th. I'm Lisa Taylor. Down to Washington at 525, the federal special counsel in charge of the Hunter Biden case slamming the president's son for concocting what they call fiction designed for a Hollywood script. Hunter Biden claimed that he was only indicted on gun charges because of right wing bias. Federal special counsel David Weiss released a photo of the revolver Biden is accused of illegally buying and added that cocaine residue was found on Hunter Biden's gun pouch. Hunter is accused of lying about his drug use in 2018 on a form to buy a gun. I'm Mark Mayfield. The White House tackling hidden junk fees now. Some banks have charged extreme overdraft fees, sometimes $30 or more, that often hit the most vulnerable Americans the hardest. Press Secretary Corinne Jean-Pierre there in a briefing says the new rule would banish excessive overdraft fees. The new Consumer Financial Protection Bureau proposal would cut the average overdraft fee in those fees in half, saving Americans, she says, an average of 150 bucks a year. Today's proposal would cut the average overdraft fee by more than half, saving the millions of families that pay these fees an average of $150 a year. I think I just said that. President Biden believes it's wrong that some companies rip off Americans simply because they can, and his administration won't let them. The FAA expanding its investigation into Boeing's 737 MAX 9 quality control. In an email to its customers, Alaska Airlines CEO says they'll continue to stay away from the 737 MAX 9 for until they know exactly what went wrong. We will return these aircraft to service only when all findings have been fully resolved and meet the stringent standards of Boeing, the FAA, and Alaska Airlines. The probe comes after a door plug came open on an Alaska Airlines flight earlier this month. In a statement, the FAA says it's now looking into the contractor who builds the aircraft's fuselage. The findings from these inspections and those of other airlines will be compiled by Boeing and FAA to determine the appropriate next steps in order to return the 737-9 MAX fleet safely back to service. The opening bell, it rings this morning on Wall Street after stocks closed lower on Wednesday. That came as retail sales for last month rolled in hotter than expected. Most investors believe that could cut rates from the Federal Reserve or put those cut rates in doubt. At the closing bell, the Dow fell 94 points. S&P 500 dropped 26. The Nasdaq lost 88 points. Coming up on the horizon today, we'll have word on housing starts, building permits, and weekly jobless claims. Talk Radio 77 WABC. 
It's the 77 WABC News Hour. Talking the news with Noah Layden. All the news you need to know with Joe Nolan, Traffic, Justin Ellick, Sports. And now, talking the news with Noah on 77 WABC. Yep, that's me. Good morning. It is Thursday, January 18th. Your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center. Clouds today. The good thing is it'll be a little warmer, the high 34. Tonight, overnight, the clouds hang around. We could see some snow showers, low 29. And then Friday's when the storm moves in. Snow showers to start the morning hours, probably around 7 o'clock or so here in the city. It'll be on and off throughout the city. We could get 1 to 3 inches before that storm moves out. The high on Friday, 33. If you're walking out the door with us right now, so happy you are. 19, partly cloudy in Orangeburg up in Rockland County. 21 and partly cloudy down in Deal in New Jersey. And it is 22 and clear outside our Midtown studios right now. We'll start this half hour right here in the big city. Thank God they seem to have gotten this creep off the street who had sliced at least four or five people in Queens, maybe somebody in Brooklyn as well, over a short period of time. It had people panicked. In fact, this guy apparently was using a hunting knife to slash people and maybe even a butcher's knife as well. Stabbed one time in his lower back. She is so this stabbed. is the uh, police, I should point out, describing all of the incidents that have taken place just over the last couple days. Stabbed one time in his lower back. She is stabbed in her right side. Stabs him one time in his abdomen. Suddenly stabs the victim one time, then flees on foot. Yeah, so all the people that were stabbed were complete strangers to this dope. Uh, by the way, just moments ago he's been charged with a uh, attempted murder in all of these cases. Police say the men they have is in custody. They haven't given us his name, but four people were stabbed with a hunting knife. The other one may have been with a butcher's knife. Neighbors in Queens were really worried because last night police, until they caught this guy, were handing out pictures of him, and uh, thankfully it seems somebody turned him in. I've got to wake my kid up in the morning and take him to school, and I don't want to have to look over my shoulder while I'm putting him in the car seat, so that's pretty scary. I live in the senior building down here. We're keeping the doors locked because we're afraid they'll walk in there. Yeah, so the good news is uh, he's off the streets. He's picking on older people, and that's really sad. You know, I heard one lady was 74, another guy was 61. Those people are like helpless, defenseless almost. And then to be getting stabbed, that's a lot. NYPD telling us this morning when they have it or when they're ready to, they'll hand us some more details of how they caught up with this guy. Up to uh, Westchester, where a warning is being issued now about rabies. Westchester County health officials warning residents after a fox that bit two people in Peekskill last weekend tested positive for rabies. The Westchester County Department of Health says the fox bit two people who were together last Saturday. Both are receiving preventative of treatment for rabies. People are being reminded to stay away from an animal acting aggressively and to contact local police immediately. I'm Bob Brown for 77 WABC News. We got an update on a story we talked about yesterday. This Yonkers church that the archdiocese may be ready to shut down. 175 years old, St. Mary's Church. The archdiocese says this building has fallen into disrepair. Needs about $10 million to get it back to where it should be and they may not have the money to do that so last night members of saint mary's packed this local elementary school there was hundreds of people there who say they're going to do anything they can to save the church from being shut this is a church that's the first one in yonkers how, how can the archdiocese forget about that 
I mean, there's been enough churches already closed throughout the Westchester, and like three in Yonkers alone. This is a church that's been pretty much well maintained by the parishioners, and we get yearly reports. And all of a sudden now, it's 10 million plus in renovations. Something doesn't smell right here. When we reached out to the Archdiocese to see what they thought about the future of this church, this is the actual quote we got. There are discussions about the future of the church, but no final decision has been made about its closure. Now, members who read that same email say that means they think that the church is going to be shut down. Any church close, I'll be sad for it, and especially this one, because we, I came to a lot of weddings in this church, to a lot of funerals in this church. Last night, the people who were took part in this town meeting to figure out whether to save the church were trying to figure out could they raise the $10 million on their own. Many there said, no, that's probably not possible. WABC News Time 539. You know, casinos uh, in Atlantic City are the last place where you can legally light up. And casino workers for a number of years have been pushing back against this, saying, hey, you can't smoke any other building except for casinos. So yesterday they held a rally asking lawmakers in Trenton to change the rules. A rally was held in Egg Harbor to support the measure, as back in December the legislation that would ban smoking on casino floors was delayed. It didn't get enough votes to pass the state Senate's health committee. Casino owners say the smoking ban would put casinos' survival at risk. Workers say the secondhand smoke puts their lives at risk. Smoking is currently prohibited in New Jersey public businesses. Atlantic City casinos, the only exception. And a poll from Stockton University finds 62% of New Jersey residents favor such a ban. James Flippin for 77 WABC News. All right, let's bring it back here into New York. Governor Hochul hopes a more than $40 million investment will help solve rampant shoplifting across New York City and, for that matter, across the state. New Yorkers, though, say it's maybe more about law enforcement than it is about the money she's going to contribute to this cause. Their hands are tied. If you, I mean, just look at crime. If you look at the crime... You arrest them a couple of hours later, where are they? They're back on the streets. I think throwing money at the problem is, it would be a waste of money. Um, you need to have confidence in the police force again and let them do their job in order to stop this stuff. It is part of Hochul's $233 billion fiscal year 2025 budget proposal. The governor wants to put $25 million towards the state police and another $15 million towards district attorneys and local police departments. Inflation is just so bad, people really can't afford things, you know? I'm getting tired of everything getting raised up. How about you lower the price of milk? Maybe the price of oil. You have room to improve. It is amazing if you talk to anybody... All of us have seen people shoplifting, and the first time I saw it recently, I was like, wow, the guy was taking egg salad, grapes, and something else from a Rite Aid where they made pre-made food, and it was kind of shocking to watch. The new thing is, oh, let them go. doesn't make sense. Business will lose, and it's not good for the community. I see the cops, but, I mean, what can they do? They're coming after the crime is committed. If there's no officers around, you're not going to stop no shoplifters. You have employees fighting for the shoplifters at night. I see it all the time. Between 2017 and 2023, data shows shoplifting increased 63%. However, the NYPD says these incidents went down last year and 25,000 shopping lift, uh, shoplifting arrests rather were made in 2023. 541, let's go up to Westchester. Westchester County Executive George Latimer wants to improve the commute into Manhattan's west side for Westchester residents. Latimer, along with Yonkers Mayor Mike Spano, 
asking the MTA and Metro North for a study on how much it would cost to provide what they call one-seat access to Penn Station via the Hudson Line. This will not only benefit people in Yonkers and in Westchester County, this will benefit those people that come in from Dutchess County, from Putnam County, and from the Bronx. Latimer says it's time for a parallel plan to the east side access for the Long Island Railroad. He says it would help ease congestion as well as foster economic growth, increase job opportunities, and contribute, he says, to residents' overall quality of life. There's an opportunity now for us with open track space in Penn Station to give an alternative that would open up the west side. LIRR riders really love that east side access, not having to go all the way to the west side to get off the train. Let's go out to Long Island while we're talking about the LIRR. A 13-year-old Long Island girl arrested for making a social media threat against East Northport Middle School. A message to families from the Northport East Northport School Superintendent says the threat was made on social media. It was made on Snapchat. School district was notified by the FBI who intercepted the threat. Parents say this kind of thing seems to happen all too often, not just this school, but schools all across the tri-state. There's school shootings all the time, and it starts with social media. You never know. I think that they responded the way they should have, and now they have to respond to help her. They were able to quickly figure out who the student was. She was removed from the classroom. Police say the threat was determined to be non-credible, but of course they don't know that ahead of time until they figure that all out. It's not good. Social media definitely does have that effect on young kids. Extremely concerning because I think it's more and more common. No weapons were found on school grounds. Nobody was hurt, so that's the good news. Student charged with making a threat of mass harm. She was released to her parents will appear in family court at a later day. While we're out on Long Island, how about a nice story? It's common for twins to share a whole lot. But two 17-year-old brothers on Long Island happen to also share their secret to success with each other. They're both seniors at Herrick Public High, Devin and Dylan Lee. They recently discovered which college they'll be attending next year. They're going to different colleges. I'm Devin, and I'm 17, and I'm going to be attending Cornell University. I'm Dylan, and I'm 17, and I'll be going to Yale University. They're also the smartest kids in the school. Devin and Dylan will also be heading to graduation as valedictorian and salvatorian, respectively. The brothers also involved. This is, you know, you see the success. The brothers also involved in volleyball, music, uh, classical music, teaching Chinese yo-yo in the Asian American Culture Club. They both played double bass and cello. In volleyball, the two of them won back-to-back championships. They've run 10Ks and half marathons and even won them. Uh, their older sister, she's a genius apparently as well at the California Institute of Technology, which is about impossible to get into. She's studying astrophysics. So uh, they were asked yesterday who they credit for this great achievement, themselves or somebody else. Well, our parents always, they, they greatly value education and always pushed us to try our best. So even if we were to fail, they, all they asked for was for us to try our best. Like most of the experiences that I encounter, I uh, like tackle them with an open mind and I'm ready to like learn from everyone, whether it's like my little things from my peers, like socially or like from like my teachers. Yeah, amazing. Good job done by those twins. 545, let's head over to the... 77 WABC Sports Desk, where we find Justin Ellick. Thank you, Noah Maladen. Start here on the hardwood at the Garden last night. Julius Randle scored 31. Jalen Brunson had 30 in his return from a two-game absence, and the Knicks beat the Houston Rockets 109-94. Brunson missed two games because of a bruised left calf, 
and Randall struggled without his point guard in a loss to Orlando on Monday, shooting 5 for 18 for 15 points. But the offense was flowing nicely again in the second half last night when the Knicks pulled away after leading by two at halftime. OG Anunoby had 15 points for the Knicks, who with the victory reached the halfway point of their schedule at 24 and 17 overall. They'll be right back out there tonight to try and keep it rolling against the visiting Washington Wizards at tip-off. Scheduled for 7.30 p.m. out in Portland, the Nets ended up on the losing side of the spectrum, falling to the Trailblazers 105-103 to after Anthony Simons had a uh, winning floater with under a half a second left on the clock. Mikael Bridges scored 21 for the Nets but had to leave the game for a time in the second half uh, after a collision. Spencer Dinwiddie added 19 points for Brooklyn, which lost its fourth straight. Bridges, who was averaging 21.4 points and 5.4 rebounds per game, returned in the fourth quarter, much to the relief of Nets fans. He is the NBA's active leader in consecutive games with uh, games played, I should say, with 432. He's not missed a game in his first five seasons. Now to ice hockey at the Rock last night. The Devils fell just short against the visiting Montreal Canadiens. Final score 3-2 to two after coming back from a two-goal deficit in the third. New Jersey let Montreal get the last lap when Cole Caulfield found the back of the net with four and a half minutes left in regulation. Hughes and Holtz scored power play goals for the Devs in the opening two minutes of the third to tie it, and tender Nico Dawes stopped 22 shots in his third consecutive start. The doubles are 9-10-2 at home and 13-7-1 away from the Prudential Center. you got to improve those marks if you want to get back to the playoffs. Tonight, the Rangers return to action in Las Vegas, getting set to visit the Golden Knights for a 10 p.m. puck drop. Back to the NBA quickly here. Very sad news to report out of Golden State that Warriors assistant coach Dejan Milojevic, a mentor to two-time NBA MVP Nikola Jokic and a former star player in his native Serbia, died yesterday in Utah after suffering a heart attack, the team announced. Milojevic, part of the staff that helped the Warriors win the 2022 NBA championship, he was 46. He died in Salt Lake City where he was hospitalized Tuesday uh, after a medical emergency during a private team dinner. The Warriors had been scheduled to play the Utah Jazz on Wednesday night, a game the NBA now has postponed, or last night they had postponed that game. So very sad news out of Golden State. That's Sports No, and I'm Justin Ellick on 77 WABC. WABC News Time 550. Let's go over to New Jersey. An investigation underway after a family found dead from an apparent murder-suicide union. Four people, including two kids, found dead by the Union County Sheriff's officers who had come to the home on Lindcrest Terrace for Apparently an unrelated matter. They got no answer at the door, so they forced their way in. Neighbors say they didn't know a whole lot about this family. You usually hear about it on the news, but you never expect that it will be two houses next to you. Uh, we are still shocked. We have no idea. We had no idea what happened on the morning when we saw all the all the cars are coming. So we got one report this morning that the family was facing eviction. The medical examiner's office arrived at the scene yesterday. Union County Prosecutor's Office, which will lead the investigation. We live on a pretty quiet block, so we don't really see them that often. We didn't really know anything until today. So father and mother, I didn't even know there was two children there, honestly. Yeah, terribly sad. The ice uh, still an issue this morning because it's right now it's only 22 degrees. Everything is frozen up. And we got people complaining about side streets that are still icy and snow covered all over the tri-state. Really icy conditions, a lot of black ice on, on and off ramps. Be careful. Take your time. Be safe. Uh, in certain locations, it's bad. Yeah, so there is some slipping and sliding still going on. It's a little rough out there. Just take your time. Uh, you got salt on the windshield and the coolant's frozen, it looks like, over. Uh, to be honest, I hate this weather. Yeah, I'm right there with you. So 
Who is responsible for clearing these icy sidewalks here in the city? No doubt if you've been walking around five boroughs, there's places that are just bone dry that are beautiful to walk down. And then others where you're just afraid you're going to fall because nobody's touched them at all. Uh, and people were running into this a lot yesterday. I imagine that'll be the case as well today. I'm trying to find areas where I don't see any ice, especially with the stroller, because I almost slipped earlier. <laughs> The Department of Sanitation does have a timeline in which homeowners must clear the ice and snow from their sidewalks. They're fined if they don't do it in time. Yesterday, actually, the Department of Sanitation was sending out its own workers to clean off some of these high-traffic sidewalks that have not been cleared yet. Right now, some sidewalks in the city feel pretty treacherous. The Department of Sanitation does have crews out today trying to help out and hit sidewalks that are particularly troubling. Those property owners will also get a fine. Uh, But there is no way for us, given the number of people we have, to do that at real scale. And Curtis, our own Curtis Lewa, he was out checking out how the cold weather over the last 24 hours was affecting homeless, especially down in the subways. He was on the platform at 51st Street last night, sent me this video. Frigid cold upstairs. And our homeless, American homeless, including veterans, most of them African-Americans, are seeking to be safe and warm in the subways. Meantime, the city is more interested in the migrants' welfare, putting them up in hotels, not our own homeless. And there is a group, BRC, Bowery Residence Committee, who makes millions of dollars to send people in who get paid to bring the homeless people out and help them. I don't see them anywhere. Why aren't we helping our own homeless, Eric Adams, our own emotionally disturbed who are living in the suburbs? Shame on you. Shame on you. 5.53, while we're talking about the weather, it may be playing a part in what's gone on for New Jersey Transit customers since the beginning of the year. There's been all kinds of delays. And as you heard from Joe, the Excella this morning having some issues. Amtrak's train that goes uh, extra fast or faster if you're going between New York and Washington. But uh, New Jersey Transit passengers who pay a whole lot for that monthly pass say there's just been too many problems. It's either some electrical problems or flooding but it's always late, late, always. It was like running a little behind, but everything was good. Yeah, last night customers experienced disruptions after New Jersey Transit says an Amtrak condition in one of its Hudson River tunnels was causing a problem. We hear it all too often, though. They run pretty late, and the bus is never on time. It's crowded, the trains, but, you know, as far as coming on schedule, it's okay. There's always going to be delays. Weather, this extreme cold, it's challenging. Last Friday, signal and switch issues forced New Jersey Transit to shut service completely on several of its lines, and that was followed by all kinds of delays. And even our own James Flippin, who takes... New Jersey Transit in every day. He complains bitterly about how poor the service is. It appears the man facing charges in a deadly chokehold on the subway may need the nearly $3 million raised in an online defense fund. A Manhattan judge refusing to drop charges against Daniel Penny in connection to last year's New York City subway chokehold death. A 25-year-old Marine vet from Long Island caught on camera placing a homeless man, Jordan Neely, in a deadly chokehold on a subway train in May of 2023. It's a win for Jordan's family. It's a win for the people who stood on that subway platform and stopped the trains from moving. It's a win for everybody who stood up for houselessness 
for mental health. That's Neely family attorney Dante Mills. Penny's legal team argues he was defending himself from Neely, who was allegedly acting erratically and threatening passengers. I'm Bob Brown for 77 WABC News. WABC News Time 555. Let's go out to Long Island. Nassau County officials allege Hofstra University is working with another entity to tamper with Las Vegas Sands' chance of securing a casino license. County Executive Bruce Blakeman says an email has surfaced that suggests the college is working with the Hard Rock Group, a Sands competitor. It says, I may not have forwarded this to you on Wednesday, but it speaks to Sands' efforts to control the site. I am checking with Hofstra to see if they will oppose this move. Nassau County Legislature has directed the Deputy Sheriff to subpoena Hofstra University President for documents. Hofstra for months has been fighting against putting a casino at the Nassau County hub. And finally, uh, it is dry January. This is one of those things where I'm just apparently too old to understand where people give up alcohol for the month of January because I guess they drank so hard the rest of the year. Uh, but apparently it's having a real effect on some bars across the city who say, yeah, they've noticed that fewer people coming in to drink. So the Kokomo Caribbean restaurant, that's in Williamsburg, a popular spot. They've been offering custom-made mocktails, which are, of course, cocktails without alcohol, which is, for some people, kind of boring. We have noticed that people have started uh, coming in and asking for more mocktails. I think it is because of dry January that people are coming in and they're like, hey, you know, let me have a mocktail. It's good to see people try to be on the healthier side. Yeah, so the restaurant telling us they're actually offering all kinds of discounts on food because people aren't drinking like they normally do. You know, you actually get more sleep when you drink less liquor and things like that. So I think it's a it's a good thing for everyone to participate in. Yeah, I kind of feel like he has to say that, but he's thinking, come on, man, not with this uh, dry January.